All right, let's do this. We're live. The 57th installment, Unplugged Alpha, starting a business. This episode's all going to be about entrepreneurship. So when you guys get the call-in link today, I want you to focus on questions around your business, starting a business, everything around that and only around that today. Um, if you don't know already, if you're not on my email list, I'm, I've launched the uh, School of Entrepreneurship. It's open for enrollment, closes later on this week. I'll talk about that more through the cast and in today's show. Uh, lots to get into, lots to cover. If you're watching on the internets elsewhere, uh, do me a solid. I'm just going to drop this in the chat over here. Uh, come over to the new channel. Make sure you subscribe and sub here because the full stream will be here and only here. Um, so if you're watching this elsewhere on the webs, um, you're not going to get the full stream. You also won't get the link to join in and ask questions. So, uh, See you guys piling in. Thank you. Hit the like button for the algos. It's very helpful. Thank you so much. So kind of you. Um, one of the big questions I get asked a lot, and this is really my wheelhouse. Like I've been doing this for 20 odd years, man. Like I, when I was about 30, I took a, a package from the collection agency that I was working at. Um, I got fired. I got hired for my resume. I got fired for fit. That's one of the chapters in my book, In the Unplugged Alpha, and I think it's a valuable lesson. And people get hired for what's on their resume, their capabilities, the problems they can solve, stuff like that. They generally let you go for fit in the organization. Somebody doesn't like you, whatever you know, it happens to be. Um, it goes whatever direction it goes, okay? Um, we don't live in times where you go get a job um, in your 20s, you work there for 30, 40 years or whatever it is, retire and you get some shitty watch um, and then you go and collect your pension. That's what my granddad did um, and probably even your uh, grand, great grandfathers too. But um, times have changed. Most people don't stay in a job for very long these days. They move from job to job. Uh, the work environment has changed to what I would only describe as hostile, especially if you're a guy. Um, they want to infuse you with wokeness. You have to use pronouns. They shove rainbows down your throat. That's just the general direction things are going. Um, I've had so many conversations with uh, friends of mine, guys that are in different private Zoom sessions that I have and calls and stuff. And it comes up all the time. Rich, what do I do? I'm on a Zoom call and they're bashing, man. Rich, what do I do? They want me to put pronouns in my email signature, blah, 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 sort of thing. And... That's just the way things are going. What do you want me to tell you? Uh, the writing's on the wall. I don't see that getting any better. Um, it is also not a true path to wealth and freedom and your own mental stability. Um, let's talk about those five mechanisms that I've mentioned before in this cast uh, that drive you to true wealth, you know, financial freedom and proper wealth. When I say proper wealth, I'm talking seven to eight figures, okay? I've said before on videos that I've recorded and live shows, interviews that I've done on podcasts. And one of the things that pisses off a lot of people is when I say, you need to aim to be a millionaire if you're a guy by the time you're 30. If you miss that mark, do it by the time you're 40. And everybody, not everybody, but a good chunk of people and their mom get pissed off. Oh, you're so disconnected. You roll with people that are out in outer space and blah, blah, blah. You don't understand. It's impossible. Yeah. If you're working a bullshit job, J-O-B stands for just over broke, a bullshit job 
that's keeping you tied down to a mediocre income, a mediocre lifestyle, and you have no ambition to change any of that, then fine. You'll probably never hit that mark. There's books out there, you know, the wealthy barbershop or whatever, you know, been put out before. Um, but to create life changing kind of money that really moves a bar in a guy's life, you're not going to get it working for somebody else. You're not going to have a, a sense of fulfillment, if you will. Um, one of the biggest complaints that most entrepreneurs that I've worked with over the years, and again, guys, I've been doing this for 20 fucking years. Okay. Um, this started for me around 2002, took the package, went home. I thought to myself, what am I going to do? Took some offers to go work at some other place in a similar role. And I was like, I'm not doing this again. I spent the vast majority of my twenties doing that. And I was ready for something else. You know, one of the things that, um, you know, is a good hint as far as whether or not you're suited for running your own business is when you were a young man, did you solve problems for yourselves? Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine on a cast the other day, and um, a lot of my friends got allowances when I was young kid, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, you know, something like that. You know, I started to notice, and I was like, uh, "Yo, pops, can I have an allowance?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> he's like, "You want some money?" He goes, "You go make it yourself." So that was a problem for me because my friends were getting cash and they were buying, you know, toys and bubble gum and skateboards and shit like that, you know, with their allowance, and uh, I just wasn't going to have it. So I started to solve that problem, cutting people's lawns, shoveling driveways in the wintertime. Uh, the first like job J-O-B that I had was a paper route. And I remember when I signed up for it, they were paying something like, this is when they would pay you a fraction of a penny per delivered um, paper. And it was just like a stack full of like ads and you know stuff like that, like local paper stuff. And it was like a fraction of a cent, maybe like 20, like, like a quarter of a penny is what they would pay you per delivery. So you'd have to go to four houses to make one penny. So you could see how many houses, you know, you had to go and make deliveries to, but sure enough, made some money. Right. And I started making as much in some cases, more money than my friends. Um, you know, like I said, I was shoveling drivers in the wintertime, cutting grass in the summertime, doing yard sales and stuff, just selling off stupid shit, uh, you know, garage sales and got first part-time job when I was 16. I opened up a, uh, mobile car, uh, mobile car cleaning business where I would detail, uh, cars for a dealership. So if you need to go and solve problems, you know, for yourself as a young guy, that's a pretty good sign that you should be an entrepreneur. And I'm gonna talk about the five main ways that you can make serious bank, uh, first, before we get into entrepreneurship and this, you know, material and stuff like that. Um, so my business coach, Cameron Harold, I've had him on an interview on my podcast before. It's under uh, the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel under Playing to Win. And just search for Cameron Harold. Uh, actually reminds me, I'm going to kill the feed to the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel because I want you guys to come over and subscribe to the Unplugged Alpha channel. There's a link pinned in the top chat. So click that now and head on over. Let's kill that feed. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm the king. Everybody loves a king. All right. So, um, so with that being said, um, the five main ways that you're going to make serious bank in your life, if you want to make serious bank, it's not for everybody. I get it. You know, some people are okay with just not being there. But as you have come to realize, if you've watched my content or spent any time in the Mano Swamp, women have very high expectations of men. And um, I've always said this, and I'll keep repeating it. None of this should be done to attract or appease women. This should be done for yourself because you have standards for yourself. Um, I'm a car guy. I've always been a car guy. I like fast cars. 
Uh, faster cars cost more money. Cooler cars cost more money. And the kinds of experiences that I like to sign up for, like car rallies, like exotic car rallies, cost money. So that's one of the driving forces for me. Like I like hanging out with cool people and stuff like that. So the five ways that you're going to make serious bank as a guy in this world are going to be, let's start at number one, which is a C-suite job, which if we're being honest, you can't go and apply for it as a nobody. Most people have to work their way up the ranks. And I started at 20, I think 22, 23, because I was living in England, 21, 22, and um, came back around 22-ish, 23. And I needed to find something to do. A buddy of mine said they were interviewing, hiring at a call center, which was local to me. I went and interviewed, got a job, started out, got promoted to supervisor, branch manager, kind of moved way up the ranks. By the time I was 30, I was just under the VP at that point. So and then there's a VP and then there's this, the C-suite jobs. CFO, chief financial officer, CEO, chief executive officer, CTO, C chief technology officer, anything with a C before it is a C-suite job and is going to pay well into six figures, in some cases, seven figures, depending on the comp plan. Um, but again, you're going to have to put in probably at least a decade. Mm, I would say more reasonably about a decade and a half of time to get hired for a position in a corporation because you have to have experience, right? Like they're not going to hire some um, you know, Jimbo off the street with no experience that just has a nice resume or, or smells nice or anything like that. They want to hire you because of your resume. Like I said earlier, people get hired for the resume. They get fired for fit. C-suite jobs can pay very, very well. Um, some of them into seven figures. So don't think for a sec that you can't make money working for a company. You can, but it's a pyramid, right? At the very top, there's those C-suite jobs. At the very bottom, it's a very wide bottom. Okay. There's loads and loads of jobs that don't pay that well where you're basically doing all the work to, you know, provide the value to the top people and the, uh, the shareholders of the business that get all the value. So C-suite job is number one. Let's just tick these off as we go through them. Number two is a professional of some kind. You went to school for a number of years. You got a professional designation. I know that I poke fun at, um, you know, the people like to brag about their degrees framed in mahogany with little letters after the name sort of thing. Most of them are bullshit degrees, if we're being honest. I'm talking about something like LLB, okay, like a lawyer, you're a surgeon, um, you know, you're an in-demand professional that can charge a lot of money for your time. Um, I don't know what the minimum wage is here. I think it's around 14 or 15 bucks an hour, something like that. That's how disconnected I am from being an employer and having employees. It's been quite a few years for me. But um, these professionals will make Five hundred, a thousand, two thousand dollars an hour for what you know for what is they're uh, doing. Um, I remember I did a consult with uh, my optician's eye surgery office. So you know, to fix my um, eyesight, surgery is about ten grand. It's a clear lens replacement surgery, and the way they run it is they have a whole bunch of people lined up on the days that they're doing the surgery, and it's like a fucking processing center. So they do the consults during the work, the week, Friday and, and Saturday, you know, they do the actual surgery and it's like a five or 10 minute procedure for $10,000. So you work out what the surgeons make and by the hour being the qualified professional that improves people's eyesight. Okay. So professionals can make quite a lot of money. You're going to have to put in the time. I don't know that for me, eyes like eyeballs gross me out. Um, I haven't gone through the surgery yet, obviously, because I've got some hesitation around it, but Eyeballs gross me out. I couldn't sit there with some 
fucking big ass machine and fans and stuff and maneuver them around to make $10,000 for 10 minutes, you know, worth of work. But that, but that's how it goes, right? There are professional designations, which pay very, very well. So that's number two. Again, number one is C-suite jobs. Number two is, um, uh, licensed professional. Um, and that extends not just to lawyer, surgeon, you know, there's high level, you know, accounting jobs. Um, I can go on and on and on. You get the idea. Um, there are countries that, that don't pay very well, like doctors here in Canada. Like if you're a, a GP, like a family doctor, you get paid a lot more working in the States. Um, certain States, you know, more than other, you know, for example, but uh, there's certain countries that just don't pay as well for certain professions. So you'd have to look at location as well. I'm going to get to the super chats in a, a bit, guys. I apologize for rambling a little bit, but I want to get through all these points before I start going to the chat and stuff. Um, STEM was the next one, science, technology, engineering, mass, right? Um, so a good buddy of mine's an engineer, uh, coder, and you could very easily get a job at any of these high tech companies, you know, the Facebooks, the Googles, you know, the YouTubes sort of things. And they pay 700, $800, $900,000 a year. If you're one of the senior, you know, senior like tech lead coder sort of guys. Um, so there's those industries, there's engineering guys. Uh, I'm sure the guys that build the rockets for SpaceX are getting very well paid, uh, well into six figures. Um, most people, when they go and get their degrees, they don't contemplate these things. They go and get bullshit degrees. And it's like, look, if you're going to put the time and effort into sitting in a woke institution where they're going to shove pronouns and rainbows down your throat because you want to get a degree, fine, but get a degree in something that's actually useful. It's going to pay you some serious money. You know what I'm saying? So uh, number one, C-suite, professional, STEM. The next one is kind of a fun one, and it's fame. Musicians, rappers, uh, actors, influencers like Kim Kardashian is a billionaire because of her ass and her tits, you know, showing it on social media. Um, you can become quite wealthy and influential when you're famous, if you can control an audience, if people want to see you sort of thing. Um, one of the things I talk about in my course is the value of building an audience as an entrepreneur. Um, which I'll talk about more when I kind of go through all the course lectures and stuff with you guys during the show. But there's fame, um, which is pretty obvious and, and clear. And then the last but not least, number five, is entrepreneurship. I'm a big fan of it. Um, nothing gives you freedom, the ability to maneuver, and proper true wealth, I believe, as entrepreneurship. The other benefit to it as well is you can be very rich and anonymous. Um, some people don't want the fame. They don't want, you know, people bothering. They don't want to be recognized in public. They want to kind of move about the world very quietly. Buddy of mine today calls me up. I haven't seen him in about six or seven months. I thought he was down in the Caribbean, but calls me up. He goes, Hey man, I need a favor. I got to, I got to get my passport renewed. Um, I need somebody that I've known for a while. Can I come up and, you know, get you to sign, uh, you know, my photographs and all my shit. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you know, come on up. I've known the guy for 39 years. I've known him since high school. We're catching up. We're talking about shit. He's always been an entrepreneur. We've gone back and you know forth over the years, keeping up on Skype. And you know we get together and have lunch. He's a great and old old friend of mine too. And um, I'm like, you know, so what's been going on? He's like, tell me about this new business that he's running without getting into details because he wants to remain anonymous. I know that he likes to keep a private life. He's like, yeah, you know, we're doing about a million dollars a day in sales on this um, product line. I'm like, it's pretty good, man. Like you would never know seeing the guy. You would never know seeing the guy walking down the street, getting out of a car 
sitting in a restaurant that he runs a business doing a million dollars a day. Okay. Um, and he's like, yeah, in about six, 12 months, we're probably doing about like a million and a half a day. Right. So entrepreneurship, it, it, it is almost limitless when you set it up right. The problem is, is that most people don't set it up right. I'm going to get into the problem when I get into the course and the material stuff in it. For those of you guys that are watching, like, yeah, yeah, you know, is the course open? Can I just get in? The link to enroll is there in the description. And I think I pinned it up to the top chat as well. There it is. Yeah. Let me get some of these uh, super chats. Is it up there? Yeah. The enroll in a school of entrepreneurship. So it's up there. There's like a bit.ly link or whatever. Okay. Let's get some super chats before I don't miss some of these. Good evening. What's up, Steph? Uh, any tips to find new ideas using for create? Uh, you were the new top G. I don't even know what top G is. I like Andrew, man. You know, I miss that guy because his, his rants are funny as hell. Um, and shrine, we pay for all the papers wholesale on the collect from the subscribers and make any money. Since half the neighbor's stuffed us, I took a loss a few months later. You know where you made the money delivering newspapers when I was a kid was collecting the tips. I didn't really make any money doing newspaper routes until I did like a major newspaper route, right? Like Toronto Star, Toronto Sun, Sun you know, stuff like that. But um, yeah, there was really fuck all money in delivering papers, especially in the freezing cold in the wintertime. That just sucked, man, here in Canada. Uh, I would, I would rather be shoveling driveways cause at least that's like heavy work and you're, you know, working up a sweat and you're getting a little bit of a workout too. Uh, my first job was a paperboy at 12 years old entrepreneur might hit 200 K this year due to Rich's videos and motivation. Thanks chief. Dude, if you're only going to hit $200,000 this year, um, if it's your first year, awesome. But if you've been doing it for a few years, that's not enough. And I'll explain, actually I'll explain why, since we got this up, um, I believe that if you're going to put the time, effort, and resources into running a business as an entrepreneur, you need to aim a lot higher. You need to be running a business that's going to be making you at least a million dollars a year. There's a whole bunch of reasons for that. But I think something like 97% of businesses never crack a million dollars a year in sales receipts because most guys structure the business in such a way where it's not profitable. It's just a very hard, annoying, lame, and fr frustrating business. I'm going to talk about that in this cast as well, too. Let me just make a note of that. So. I get through all of them. Yeah, baby. And you guys have an opportunity to call in on today's show too. I'm going to drop the link in a bit. Um, I'm a photographer starting a wedding photography business. Rich, can't sign up for your course yet because I'm getting destroyed in family court. I'm trying to get custody of my daughter. Any tips? Um, yeah, if you're going to do anything in photography, I would go as high end as you possibly can. Don't do like basic, you know, $200 an hour shoots. Find something that's going to pay you better. Um, there's a guy here in Toronto, you can look him up. He posts all of his uh, photography, uh, on social media. His name is Lucas Scarfone. And, um, I think he's about 30, 31 or something like that. He just bought a Porsche, uh, GT3, uh, touring, very nice 992. Um, he's an automotive uh, photographer and they fly him around to shoot all kinds of incredible stuff. I mean, Look, like how much would you get paid if you're a photographer for a famous actor or for an Instagram influencer, for example, that needed to keep up with their social feed and all that sort of stuff? You'd be getting paid a lot more than just doing, um, you know, bottom of the barrel sort of stuff. I mean, if you're getting destroyed, it's because you don't have a lot of money. So aim for a lot higher. And yeah, Steph, thanks for that. Reminder, guys, hit the like button. Helps me out with the algos. Um this it's, it says 98 right now. It's a lot more than 45, but it should be a lot higher than that guys. Smash the like button just helps me out. 
Um, all right. So we talked about sources of wealth, rather be rich and anon. Honestly, aim for rich and anonymous. Fame isn't what you think it is. Um, I'm not famous by any stretch of the, you know, imagination on the grand scale, but I do get recognized a lot. I've been recognized. I've been driving my car and at a stoplight, you know, with my kid and a random guy pulls up beside me. He looks over. He's like, Hey, I watch your videos. I've been pulled over by a cop on the highway. I actually posted the uh, story to my Instagram. If you go look at the ACE of spade um, story category, there's a video there. Cop pulled me over. You know, I'm looking for my paperwork, handed over to him. He asked me to roll up the window and he goes, Hey, you're the YouTube's guy. Let's me off. Right. So it does have some benefits, but fame isn't as, I don't think it's as fun as what people crack it up to be. You know, I guess it's maybe just me. Like, I'm just like, you know, I just like doing my thing. I want to be useful. I obviously want to, you know, put a little dent in the universe and, you know, dig into stuff, but that's just my take on it. So I want to talk to you guys about health, sorry, elf versus half. Um, Seth been binging the course video since this morning. Really good stuff. So Seth just got into the course this morning. He's in my community as well. Um, thanks, man. I appreciate that. The emails, if you guys are on my email list then you'll get all the information with respects to what's in the course and what you're getting into, but there's a whole bunch of lectures, which I'm going to explain to you guys in a minute. But one of the core concepts, why I put this together, coming back to the start of the videos, everyone's like, Rich, I want to do what you do. I want the flexibility. I see you hanging out on the boat. I see you, you know, doing what you want. I see you going on these supercar rallies. I see you enjoying life. How, like, how do I get to where you are at? And a lot of the times people ask me this stuff and they're like, this is the kind of business that I run or I'm doing this right now and I'm making a lot of money at it. But it's like, they don't have freedom. They don't have the ability to maneuver. When the weather's nice, I'm not working, okay? When the weather's nice here in Toronto, I've got a boat booked and I'm on the water. I don't work when it's nice and I have the flexibility to do that because I can make a video in my car driving up to the marina. I can make a video in my car or I can make three videos in my car in an hour's drive, um, schedule them in after they're edited and I can let them out on days. Like I can actually sit on my boat on the phone and publish a video, right? So you have to structure your life in such a way that it serves you. And you can't have that flexibility and freedom with pretty much C-suite jobs, professional designations, STEM, fame to some degree, maybe, but entrepreneurship when you're running your own business and the business is set up right, you can. And I came across this concept and full credit goes to a gentleman by the name of Joe Polish. He's kind of an under the radar guy. I first came across him at a conference that I was at and I'm a big believer in spending money and investing yourself. I put over a quarter million dollars going to conferences, in coaching, private, you know, coaching one-on-one. I put a lot of money into myself because I look at it as an investment. Um, I've always got a multiple return on investment on money that I've spent on myself to learn. So basically, Joe, who was a dead broke carpet cleaner, that's that's his claim to fame. He was broke as fuck with loads of debt and he had an addiction to, um, I think it was Coke and alcohol and stuff like that. And he got clean and he realized that if he was going to make any money, he needed to learn how to market. And he also needed to learn how to run a proper business that's going to serve him. And the vast majority of people, like I was saying earlier, 97% of people usually start up a business that doesn't ever crack a million dollars. And 
to me, it's like, what's the fucking point? Like, why would you start up a business that doesn't have the capacity to scale to that? Right. Um, I mean, if you look around, most people that are business owners, they're dog walkers, they're poop collectors, they run a dry cleaner and not to, you know, disparage any of those things. I'm not saying that, you know, you're beneath anybody, but what I'm saying is you're investing the same amount of time, effort, resources, and uh, know-how into running a business, generally speaking, some are obviously going to be a little bit harder. Why not aim for something that's going to make you some serious money, right? So Joe, Co Joe coined these terms, ELF versus HALF. ELF stands for easy, lucrative, fun. HALF stands for hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating. His podcast, I listened to it for quite a few years. Driving into the office when I was running the debt business, late 2000s, him and his buddy Dean Jackson would go on and on about all these concepts. I thought they were fantastic. I don't know if the podcast is still around. You might be able to find it still. Um, but one of the things that they would hammer on is elf business versus half business. Half stands for hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating. It's the kind of business that 97% of people run. Never, never going to crack a million dollars in sales. Probably going to be out of business, you know, within the first couple of years of running it. Um, you need employees, which are a pain in the ass because they're very expensive, high minimum wage, labor board issues. They call in sick. They're banging each other. They take the time off vacations. They get pregnant, have families and stuff. And they don't like there's all these things that you have to deal with with employees that you don't have to deal with if you don't set up a business that doesn't really need employees. If you see what I'm saying. Right. Another kind of business that a lot of people like to set up is one that uh, moves a physical product with very low margins is generally what they set up. I remember I had a uh, coaching call one. This is a classic example of a half business. This guy was, um, what was it? A men's jewelry business, like trinkets, bracelets, rings, necklaces, and shit like that. And he was selling them on platforms like uh, Amazon. He had a Shopify store. He was promoting ads on uh, Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. And like 20 minutes in, I could tell he didn't really like the business. It's like, do you even like what you're doing? And he's like, no, you know what? I really don't. He's like, I think I'd like to sell the business. He goes, why don't you buy it and run it and you go make the money? I'm like, no, I have no interest in this. You don't even have any interest in it. Why would I want to buy your shitty business that you don't even like, right? That's that's part of your problem. That's part, that's part of the reason why we're on this call right now is you want me to wave a magic wand to solve your problem, to make your business more profitable and fun so it's less of a headache for you. But you could have avoided all that by starting out with a business that isn't hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating, basically, right? You have to source your product. Most of it comes from China. Uh, you know, shipping is a problem from the origin. You have to do the fulfillment from a fulfillment center that ships out when it orders. Orders get lost. They get stolen off people's front porch. If it's a fragile product, they can get broken in delivery. Uh, some people lie and they say they never got it when they get it sort of thing. There's all kinds of problems that come with, you know, physical products. You have to store them. Sometimes you have to, you have to store them in a temperature controlled environment. All kinds of problems that come up with moving physical products. So in my view, if you're going to set up a business, set up one that's actually easy to run, it's fun and it's profitable. And you can do this if you put some thought into it. Um, there's a lot of business model, you know, generators out there. There's a lot of people selling you like um, Amazon FBA, you know, for example, which is, if you don't know what that is, it's fulfilled by Amazon. And it's basically what this guy was doing with, you know, trinkets and shit like that. You basically buy your product, you ship it over to the to their fulfillment center. They barcode it. It's it it's it sits on the shelf, and when people order it off the Amazon site, it ships out from the site, even though you're the one that ordered it all. So you run into all kinds of problems with that. There's a webinar that I have 
on my school of entrepreneurship that explains exactly why Amazon FBA is shit. And I have a guy on there that's a good friend of mine that ran an Amazon FBA business for quite a few years and he explains in detail why it is shit. Um, you know, for many of the reasons that I've detailed already, but he gets into extreme depth. Um, what else is uh, popular these days with the kids? I say that popular with the kids because everybody wants to be a hustler, hustler now, right? Um, I get loads of emails every day, like a dozen emails every day from guys that want to do copywriting. It's like, bro, you're fucking 15. What are you going to do? Right? Like I learned from the best, uh, Joe Sugarman, uh, one of the best copywriters of all time. He's dead now. I met him about 10 years ago in an event down in Baja. We did off-road racing with Yonix Maverick Business Adventures. Awesome guy. One of the best copywriters. He's got some good books on there. You know, there's like kids out there like, oh yeah, you know, let me do your copywriting, your email sequence and your funnel for this, that, and the other thing. It's like, no, I don't, I don't need to. I'd rather be on the boat on a fucking sunny day, right? Like I'd rather make a video while I'm driving up there, you know, sort of thing. Um, I'd rather be on my podcast, you know, broadcasting, you know, ideas and stuff like this. I'd rather be working on courses that actually move the needle for people, right? Like I want to put out content and courses that can actually make you serious money, right? There's a lot of stuff out there that'll make you a couple hundred bucks a day, right? But is that going to get you to freedom, right? Like, is it going to get you to F you money? Probably not, right? Um, let me catch up on these super chats here. This photographer guy, uh, Armin says, hey, Rich, looks like a McLaren 720 there. I've been on the fence about starting a trucking business. What's holding me back is high diesel costs. Okay, uh, Bentley, are you in the live chat? If, if Bentley's in the live chat, I'm going to, I'm going to bring him in because he ran a trucking business. Overpriced trucks, trailers, costs, loads are questionable. Currently uh, trucking three to four days a week, 130,000 annually. Um, Bentley made a shit ton of money off trucking, but he ain't doing it anymore. He's looking to run an elf business right now. He was in my course last quarter. Um, we've had some zoom calls during the, um, Q and A's that are all scheduled and set up as part of the course material. Bentley, if you're in the live, live chat, um, when the link drops, I'm going to bring you in to sort of explain why half businesses are something that you generally want to stay away from. So this, this guy, Armin, is a classic example of a guy that's like, I want to start up a business. I know there's a lot of money in it, but then he's like looking at it. There's high diesel costs. There's over trucks, trailers. One of the problems that you're also going to run into is running a um, tr trucking business is getting paid. Um I was talking to Bentley about this and it's like, there's a lot of, of gigs and, and deals that you run where you have to wait quite a long time to get paid. Sometimes they won't pay or the, or the payment delay is so huge. He's had issues with drivers, uh, repairs and maintenance with vehicle failures. There's too many var variables. Yeah. You can run a trucking business. You can make some money on it, but most guys that are running trucking businesses, they lose their shit. It's just not worth it. Now, another buddy of mine runs a software or a software logistics business that he wrote for the trucking industry. Okay. And he's done really well. You know, he had an eight figure exit, did awesome, bought a yacht, spent his summers in the Mediterranean. Like guys, you have to think about, you've only got so much time. Okay. We're all going to die one day. We're all going to be in the ground, cold, six feet under at some point. You've only got so much time. So why would you spend your time building something that's going to drive you absolutely bonkers? It's like inviting a crazy chick in your life, right? The 20 red flag chapter. You invite a chick that's got 10 of those 20 red flags in your life. Your life is going to be difficult. Yes. Can you marry her? Sure. Can you have a family with her? Yeah. 
Are you going to have an easy and fun life? Probably not. Are you going to die young? Probably. You know, are you going to be miserable? Could you potentially get divorced rate and lose half your shit and she alienates you from your kids? Very, very likely. Right. Same sort of thing with a business. Why would you invite a shitty business into your life when you could get into a line of work that is more fun, easier and more lucrative? We've never like throughout history, guys, we've never lived in a time where it is so easy to go and get some money. Okay. You don't, the only people that make money, Federal Reserve banks, they just print it. It's free. Turn on the printer, money printer, go right. There's transactions every day with billions of dollars flying through the internet in commerce. And all you got to do is provide a solution or reach out and grab some and take it. Okay. It's as simple as that. That's what people don't understand. Uh, Greg, a little off topic. I buy pre-made meals, not frozen and heard microwaves are not great to use insights on air fryers or food steamers as an alternative. Um, I have pre-made meals made. I used to buy them. My girlfriend does them for me now, but I don't have a microwave. I don't even own a microwave in my house. I personally, I just don't want one. I think they're fucking shit to be honest with you. And air fryers, I haven't heard great things about. All I do is I throw a little bit of uh, olive oil or avocado oil in a frying pan, cast iron frying pan, none of that Teflon bullshit, like old school alpha shit. And then I just heat up the pre-made meals and that, right? You don't have to worry about, you know, getting getting crap in your body that you don't want. Um, okay, so there's that. We talked about elf. We talked about half. Let me grab the link for you guys uh, to come in and ask questions because I want to give you lots of opportunities to ask away. I want to go through some of the course material and the lectures and explain again why I'm doing all this and why the course is open, why it closes, the why, 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 why. Who's a stand-up comic that did that? Wow, wow, wow. Chris Rock? I don't know. You guys let me know in the chat. I forget. Uh, come in and ask a question. I've, all right. So there's a link for StreamYard. I'm not going to replace the link for the School of Entrepreneurship. I want you guys to click that and grab the course because it is only available this week. It's going to close. When I hit capacity, I've set it for 200. When I hit capacity, it's it's going to close then or on, uh, I think Saturday is the close date for this launch, the third. Oh, there's Bentley. Bentley, let's talk about trucking since I got you on. Thanks for hopping in, man. Throw my headphones on. Okay, my man. All right, buddy, how you doing? Good. If I got an echo here, I had one before. I had to pause you on uh, YouTube as well. Oh, you're good. You're good. You're good. good. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you're here because uh, you probably saw the guy's uh, post. Where was his wedding photography fence about trucking business? Okay, so to recap, this guy wants to start a trucking business. He's looking at the cost of diesel, overpriced trucks, trailers. We were talking earlier privately today about trucking being a half business, hard, annoying, lame, frustrating. Can you explain to people as a guy that previously ran a trucking business why it's a half business? Well, I'm not sure because, you know, if he wants one, I've got a hell of a deal for him. <laughs> uh, trucking is the ultimate half business, um, especially if you're starting on your own with one truck, depending on what you want to do. Um, you can make good money at it, but it is a shit ton of work. It's long hours. You're usually not home at night. Um, especially if you're doing 
uh, long stuff over the road. Uh, I was specialized heavy haul. Um, I did the things that most of the guys want to do. It's the, the quote unquote, the hero job. Cause you're moving the stuff that nobody else is. You're the guy that everybody sees because you're so big and so different. It's, it's what they want to do. Yeah. And they know naturally know that there's money in it. And every now and then guys will take, will say what the rates are and people hauling regular freak, freak out. They're like, Holy crap, he's making so much money. They have no idea what the overheads, uh, is it's involved. Uh, insurance is ridiculous. Uh, as a Canadian company running in the U.S., doing the oversized specialized that I did, I had to carry $10 million liability insurance. That's not cheap. Not cheap at all. You want to know insurance? how much insurance I got for my business? Sure. Zero. Yeah. Right? Elf. Yep. Yeah. So um, equipment. Now, I'm a rather talented individual. I can rebuild my own motor. I literally rebuilt my own multi-axle trailer. It took me three months to take that thing apart, bolt for bolt, sandblast it, cut everything out that was rotten, replace it, put it back together. Uh, that's how big of a job it was. That was 12 hours a day for three months. It's a big ass trailer. It is. You want to know how much repairs and maintenance I've done? Zero. Trade you. <laughs> Keep going, buddy. So, yeah, it's the ultimate half business. Uh, multiple trucks, you've got um, you know, drivers and you can't be sitting in the passenger seat of every single truck, making sure that the guy's not a dumbass. Um, you can put cameras in there if you want to, you can't stop them from being stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're away from home and they decide they're just not going to get out of bed that day and not deliver, it's on you. It's your problem. Figure it out. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they decide to quit on you and go home and leave your truck in Houston, Texas. You got to call a buddy and, uh, got to fly you to Texas and go get a truck. And have him call you when he gets there. Uh, I found your truck, but your trailer's not here. <laughs> what do you mean the trailer's not there? Uh, start making phone calls. Where the hell did the trailer go? It's no big deal. You know, I only do specialized equipment. Trailer's only worth half a million dollars. Not that big of a deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you want the stress? I got a hell of a deal for you sitting down here. Yeah. Uh, I tell you right now, for a one truck operation, there was no question. I was in the absolute top half of the top 1%. Period. I'm very, very good at it. I know what I'm doing and I make a lot of money. I do things a lot of people can't do. You want to do it? I'll teach you how because I want nothing more to do with it. It is the ultimate half business. Don't walk away. Run. There you go, guys. So, like, like that's just one example. Okay. There's there's loads and loads more. I'm sure they're going to come up tonight. There's going to people are going to ask questions. So you know we'll cross cross that bridge when we get to it. I already see people piling into the waiting area to come in. Bentley, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate hey, you offering time. some clarity. And his worry about fuel in my line of business, fuel was nothing. You know, my fuel bill was usually around one hundred and forty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Uh, my pilot car costs a year were half a million. You know, permit costs were well over a quarter of a million. Um, yeah. You know, like so depending what you do. You know. It's, oh. Not you took business. the course last quarter when the enrollment first opened. Can you offer guys some feedback based on your experience in the course material just so they hear it from somebody else instead of me? Okay. Well, so as somebody who built a business, like, and I did, I built it from nothing. I bought a truck when I was 21 years old, didn't know what I was doing and turned it into a business that um, with multiple trucks, I broke a million dollars a year. With one truck, I damn near broke a million dollars a year, which good luck. Most guys do 150000 a year. So um, needless to say, I was pretty good at what I did. But uh, you know, so I know how to run a business. I know all of that. The mindset shift to the quote unquote elf business, the, the different way of thinking, um, it, it was mind opening to say the least. Like, you know, I know how to run a business, but I know how to do this. And you literally took the blinders off and showed a whole bunch more. Now it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose. So it's, it's like, okay, there's all these ideas. Now what's going to work? 
how do I take this concept and monetize it? How do I put the two together? Um, you know, these are things I know. Um, unfortunately, my past business is not something I can really teach somebody to do. I could, but I got to hold their hand and I got to be there. I, I can't walk them through from a thousand miles away how to, you know, how to tear a D11 apart and load it up and, you know, rent temporary bridges and bring it into mines in places that don't have roads. That's what I did. You know, I can't teach you that over the phone. I've got to be there and do that with you. So this, as a, on the other hand, it makes you think about stuff in a way that you just, if you aren't exposed to it, you're not going to know it. And this course this is, is going to expose you to it. Yeah. This is like the red pill for entrepreneurship. You know, if I can put Absolutely. it that, that way, That's because there's a lot of stuff that I've, that I've talked about over the years, guys, that unplug you on relationships, divorce, marriage, you know, what works, what doesn't work, what women respond to, what they don't respond to. And everybody's like, holy shit, this stuff actually works. Rich is right. Like, like Brian in the private zooms, he's like, Rich did it again. It's another Cooperism, right? You know, sort of thing. So yeah, like, yeah, everything I've given you in the course guys is if I'm being honest, I'm very proud of it because I think it's better and more useful than the whole getting the girls thing and keeping the girls and, you know, managing women in your life, because this actually does something for you. You can actually make money. You can actually get freedom in your life. You know, if you don't want to work on sunny days and sit on a boat, you can do that, right? You know, what, yeah. what kind of business can you structure that can do that? The only kinds that I talk about in the course material, which is why I've put it all together for you. So many people are like, I want to start a business. This is my business. And every time I talk to somebody, it's always something that drives them nuts. And it's like, well, why are you doing this if you don't like it? Yeah. Right. And at the end of the day, I was very successful with what I did. I didn't work at the end. I didn't work very hard. I rarely worked more than nine months a year. Um, and I did the things you talked about, you know, no, it's nice. I'm not going to work. I just, I'm going to go get on my motorcycle and go to the mountains. It's forget it. But it, it still requires a lot of time and attention and the amount of effort and work that I put in, like you said, if you're going to put the effort and the work in anyways, why not put it into something that's actually going to be uh, way more profitable. Yeah. And there was a, excuse my language, shit ton of work to do what I did. If I'd have taken that exact same effort and put it in with what I know now, which is what I'm currently doing, I'm going to be wildly successful. And I know I am. It's just, you know, I haven't got there yet. Um, the ideas are, are coming together. They're, they're starting to take, take shape and, um, you know, uh, we're going to start moving that way. So, yeah. All right, Brent. Thanks brother. Take care, man. All right. Yeah. It's a mindset shift. Um, I see a bunch of people waiting there to hop in. You will get your opportunity to sit tight. I just want to go through, um, the material and some of the lectures just to kind of highlight this, uh, while I got this here in front of me on my other screen. Uh, there we go. So let's just pull this over. So this is a landing page. It is pinned in the top comment of the video. Let's just make it a little bit easier to read again. This is not a, if you do this, you will start running this business. Do A, B, C, D, and you'll be running, like, there's people out there that offer you, here's how to run an Amazon, fulfilled by Amazon business sort of thing, you know. I don't do that. This is a mindset course. Like, you know, like Bentley was saying, it's like you have your blinders on when you run a business, and then I take them off by showing you everything that's in your blind spot that you don't think about where you can make the serious money. So the course is open for enrollment. It just opened today. The link to enroll is in the top comment. It is $14.97. It will close later on this week or when we hit the enrollment cap. Some people might say, oh, well, that's expensive or I can't afford it. And you know what? Go to a business school and sign up for a two or three year course, buy the books, sit in the classrooms, listen to some Muppet that's never done this, never sat in private forums with entrepreneurs, hasn't spent a quarter million dollars investing themselves, going to events and private coaching. 
hasn't put 20 years into forms and things like that. See if you're going to get the same value spending tens of thousands of dollars. And I guarantee you won't. So this is a fucking steal, you know, if I can put it that way. So the problem is, again, as I've highlighted, is most people are in a position where they're jobbed. You know, J-O-B stands for just over broke. Um, The cheat codes to business come in the course material because I reveal to you what basically the top three to four percent of entrepreneurs are doing where they make all the money. The vast majority, like I said before, something like, um, and this is an accurate stat, by the way, within the first uh, three years, nine out of 10 businesses fail, right? So if there's 10 businesses that pop up, you know, amongst 10 of us watching right now, in the first three years, the vast majority, nine of them are going to fail. One will survive, probably. Now, out of all of them that that survive over that three-year period, the vast majority of them, 97% of the ones that are left over, never generate more than a million dollars a year in sales. So things like Tesla, things like Amazon are very rare and unique. In fact, you know, when some of these guys, you know, like I laugh when I see guys like Jeff uh, Bezos, you know, for example, or Elon Musk with the kind of shit they put up with, you know, in their lives and especially with women, because they have no idea what their true value is, right? Some of the women that they've invited into their life, and I've done some videos on this stuff. You know, I've talked about it before. It's like, um, what's her name? Dirty Sanchez, you know, is her nickname. The one that Jeff Bezos got with It's like, dude, have you have you read the biography on Amazon? It's called The Everything Store. I can't remember the author's name, but you can get, get it off Amazon uh, or Audible. You can listen to it. It's called The Everything Store. Um, and it talks in detail about how Jeff Bezos got to where he got to. Um, and he... <laughs> And he gives it up for a 50 something year old, you know, divorce chick that's been run through by a bunch of like basketball players and shit like that. Like not particularly selective or, or protective of his time. Like he doesn't realize that for, for him to have gotten to where he got to and what he's done, his value is a lot higher and he should hold himself to higher standards. But that's just how a lot of guys are, you know, in the world, a lot of entrepreneurs are, are, are plugged in, you know, blue pillars, you know, if I can put it that way. But again, you know, the vast majority of these businesses, they never make over a million dollars a year. It's a very, very tiny, like, again, the Amazons of the world, like the Teslas of the world, they're very rare, exceptionally unique. Most businesses never hit that, right? Um, so they create a business that employs them with an average salary while working longer hours and exposed to more risks like lawsuits, employee issues, and regulations. So imagine you've now taken the plunge to start up a business. You've paid your, you know, your regulatory fees, you've hired your lawyer to create or draft your contracts. Um, you know, you've incorporated your business, you've gone and set up space, you get phone lines installed, you put an ad out to hire people, you've now got accounting obligations and tax liabilities, you source deductions, you have to take off paychecks and remit to the government because if you don't, they crawl up your ass, sort of thing. Most people follow that traditional path, right? It's a very, very tiny percentage of people that have unplugged from the lies of entrepreneurship and set up something that that truly offers them freedom and and flexibility. That's what I'm giving you with this mindset course. It it unplugs you from the comforting lies about running a business, you know, if I can put it that way. There's a little bit of a bio there uh, on the landing page. Um, There's a picture over here with me and uh, Kevin O'Leary. That was an EO learning event in Whistler that I attended. That was a good time. Here's my business coach, Cameron. If you guys watch the plane to win, uh, that's when he came by the office. I think he was living in Vancouver at the time. Um, and he was in Toronto for speaking events. So I had him over, we spent the day together and, you know, I spent a long time with this guy. He really knows his shit. 
Um, office culture was something that I invested heavily in big time. You know, we had like close to 25 employees at one point. Uh, it was, I'm going to say this. I don't regret what we did with the office culture, but I'm much happier today without the burdens. I'm going to say the burden, the burden of dealing with human resources, because today I've got one contractor and I have zero employees. Then I had no contractors and all employees and having employees will complicate your life unnecessarily. You can actually structure a business today where you absolutely need no employees whatsoever. There's a book. Again, I can't remember the author's name. It's called Company of One. So if you want to like avoid the course, it's too much for you. Spend 10 bucks, get the book Company of One. I'll give you some idea of um, how, you know, solopreneurs, you know, if you can, um, you know, sort of run their own thing. But culture is something that, you know, that I was very good at. And I've done some coaching with guys that want to improve their office culture. And I'm happy to talk about that. I'm just not a huge fan of it right now. I also traveled around a lot and I studied. Um, one of the things that happens when you start immersing yourself in the world of entrepreneurship and you, you know, develop a reputation for yourself, you get awards, you go to these events. Is this now like, hey, uh, I'm in Vancouver. Let's go check out Brian Scudamore at 1-800-GOT-JUNK and get a tour of his office. So uh, that's Brian over there. That's uh, Bill, which is a guy from one of the forums that I was in. That was me without a beard, you know, back in the day. And, you know, we'd, we'd go out and tour around, man. I, I went to Aston Martin in the UK. I did Tech for Kids, uh, G Adventure Tours, uh, Toronto Sport and Social Club. I love rewards, uh, man. Like I just went out and about. I was like, you know, I want to learn from the best. And I did all those things. And that's where a lot of the material that I put in the course came from. I've done speaking gigs. Obviously, I've done a lot of my own marketing. I've spent millions of dollars on Google, Microsoft, uh, YouTube, Yahoo, and Bing ads, uh, Facebook ads, Instagram ads. I've spent a lot of money on uh, advertising. This is a, a picture of me here recording a radio ad that I um, did at one point. I've done advertising in every area. And today, guys, by the way, I don't spend any money in advertising. And I talk about why in the Entrepreneur's Mindset course, okay? So there's um, there's an intro session. There's three mindset talks, uh, which amount to close to an hour. And I'm basically breaking down the shift in mindset that you need to adopt if you're going to create a business that's going to serve you. You know, if I could summarize it that way. I cover taxes, legal matters, and insurance. I cover the ideal types of businesses to run, developing a network and the importance of that, government and regulations, which is something that you have to contemplate if you're going to run a business, why borrowing money is stupid. It's it's usually one of the first things that you know people think of. Oh, I've got a business idea and I'm going to need, you know, 50,000, 50 million, you know, $500,000 to get it off the ground. It's generally a dumb idea. Uh, most elf businesses you don't have to borrow money to start up. Uh, I didn't need to borrow any money to do what I'm doing right now, right? I didn't even need to borrow any money to start up my debt business. It was profitable within the first, I think, 30 to 60 days, right? I remember the first year I was running my debt business, we we cracked um, $198,000. Okay, that was back in 2003. Human resources. I talked in depth about HR, um, the problems that it comes with, why I don't have any employees today, how I structure business so that I can avoid uh, the complexity of human resources. I mean, imagine you run a business where you have a fixed rate, but every year the government's like, oh, you can no longer pay them this. You have to pay them that. And then when you're not paying them that, that's not enough. You have to pay them this. And then there's all these other source deductions you have to take off to steal from them to go and give it to the government. 
And if you don't do it within a certain period of time, like there's all these layers of complexities, which I talk about and how to deal with it. But I also mentioned to you guys why I don't deal with it now and how you can too. I talk about customers building audiences and marketing strategies, what not to do when you're running a business, pivoting a business. So this is a good module for people that are currently running a business, but want to pivot into a slightly different direction. Generating business ideas is a module on that. Uh, there's a quick short one on participating on Zoom calls. There's monthly Zoom calls in my course, uh, which you have free access to for the life, you know, you want to get involved in them basically. When you enroll in the course, you get the lectures, of course, then you get access to the Zoom calls and you get access to the Facebook group, right? For discussion amongst yourselves, you know, if you want to share ideas or if you want to ask a question. Now, these bonuses here, these have all been added since I launched the course in April earlier this year. I keep adding more bonus sessions because people ask questions that I need to clarify on, or I'll bring somebody on that has a wide depth of knowledge on a certain topic. Like this one over here is a buddy of mine, uh, Pete, and he self-published over a thousand books. He does very, very well. He runs a publishing uh, business and he's put out a ton of books. Um, and it's, it's super profitable because it's the digital business. He doesn't have to have employees. You know, he's got contractors. Anyway, that's a 45 minute, uh, zoom webinar. There's another one here, lessons from Amazon FBA. I should have put after that and why it sucks. Uh, cause that was kind of like the punchline, but that's something that somebody always contemplates is moving a physical product. And this is probably the best illustration of why moving a physical product is a hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating business. And it's not easy, lucrative, or fun. It drives most people nuts. Um, there's two long ones here on building an audience on YouTube, which is one that I put together myself for people that were asking because building an audience is a powerful tool um, that is overlooked by most people. Okay. Um, 2010, I was at Mastermind Talks. James Clear was there. If you don't know who James Clear is, he's the author of Atomic Habits. He was talking about building his email list and um, blogging. And his blogging led to the uh, publication of the book writing. And he could only do that and sell at the volume that he did because he had an audience. Okay. Um, what's that biohacker's name? Uh, Bulletproof coffee guy, Dave. I can't remember his name. Anyway, he was talking about podcasting and building an audience on podcasting. There was another guy at the conference who ran a YouTube channel that was selling hair extensions and he had a YouTube channel with like millions of, of views on it. And he spent $0 in advertising and he was selling hair extensions um, through his wife, you know, pumping out all the material. And I talk exactly about how they, how they did all that stuff and why audience building is so powerful. And then there's a Q and a session and there's a little bonus as well. Uh, Kevin Harrington, um, one of the, the, um, shark tank guys met him at a, a conference. There's community support. Anyway, it's all there guys. So I don't want to beat it with a stick too much here, but to be honest with you, if you've been thinking about getting more out of your life, starting up your own business, you're tired of making your boss rich. You might be running a business and it's not profitable and you need to pivot it. That's the cheat codes to entrepreneurship. Dave Asprey. Thanks, Seth. Appreciate it. As, not Asbury, As, Asprey. Ian Asbury was a vocalist for The Cult, one of my favorite bands when I was a kid. So I should have remembered that name, Asprey. <laughs> um, yeah. So let me just close these windows over here because I don't need them open. Let's get to the Q&A stuff. Uh, again, let me grab the link for you guys. Uh, share. Where's my link? Invite. There it is. Copy link. 
join the ask a question. So hop on in and ask a question over here. That's a link in the chat. And again, if you guys want to hop in the course, the link to enroll is there. Again, it's capped to 200, so it's going to close either on Saturday or when we hit the enrollment cap. Um, we're about a third of the way through there, so there's lots of spaces available, but that's going to close up you know, as the week goes on, so just get in. Uh, let's see who we got here. Brad, Marcus, nonstop, Ian, Kev. Okay, a lot of dudes, so let's try to get through some of these here. Uh, Brad, I'm going to get to you first. Just give me one second here. All right, Brad, what do you got for me, buddy? All right, so... My question is, I, I'm a twin, and right now I'm active duty military. I have about a year left, and my job, I work about 50% of my time, and I have 50% like free time, if that makes sense. I work 12-hour shifts. Okay. And so with my free time, I'm looking to I, – I, right now I'm, I'm a musician, so I'm looking to take my hobby and kind of turn that into a business to test myself while I have a secure job. And what I'm doing with my twin brother is he works in graphic design, and so we're starting two separate businesses together – kind of working where I'm working the pool of I'm going to take my band and other bands and be booking venues and that kind of a thing. And then he's, mm -hmm. and then we're going to be passing like that stuff into the graphic design and video production element on his side. So we're going to be working two businesses at the same time, same time. And my kind of question is paperwork wise, how should we handle that? Cause we want to work both businesses together. And so like on the LLC and stuff, like I'd be the owner of my business and he'd be the owner of his would I put him on my LLC or should we keep it separate? Like that's kind of like what we're wondering right now. So let me just ask some clarifying questions because people always need these. So what problem does your business solve? Um, so currently I, I live on the East coast and on, on the beach, there's a huge music scene right now. And post COVID um, there aren't a lot of musicians and, like entertaining bands for Gen Z per, per se. And so we're kind of filling that role and getting more musicians who aren't playing right now playing. So my, my goal is to be setting up more events, getting more people involved, getting communities or getting so you're an event coordinator. That's what, that's, that's, part, that's what I'm trying to do, but I'm also in a band. So it's kind of like double dipping in that aspect, if that makes okay, sense. Okay. So you're an event coordinator and your twin, what problem does he solve? Um, he works in graphic design and video production. And so what does that mean? Like, what does he do? So he could be making websites, um, videos for these people, editing, um, t-shirts, um, logos, all of that kind of stuff. How old are you, Brad? I'm 21. How much experience do you have with setting up events? Um, not a lot, to be honest. Only the stuff for the military. I'll be honest with you, man. You'd be better off working for, no, for a company that runs events and figuring out everything that they do. Okay. And then look for opportunities that you can see in there that you can capitalize on that you could charge money to solve the problem for because you don't even know what you do. Like, right. The first thing that you said when I said, you know, what problem does your business solve? You're like, well, I'm on the East Coast and there's some bands over there and you just start mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, oh, look, a squirrel. And you kind of just went off in a totally different right. direction. Right. So and then your question is, well, how do we structure the LLC and the paperwork and all that sort of stuff? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> see what I'm saying? Right. Well, so. My mindset right now is, you know, I, I have devoted my time to the military. I have about a year left and I want to dip my toes into the business while I kind of have a safety net, if that makes sense. Okay. So let me phrase the question to you this way. Who do you know that's running an event business right now that's making more than a million dollars a year? I, I don't, I don't know anyone doing that. I just, 
I just, so what makes you think that you can do it without any experience whatsoever? Um, I'm not, I'm not looking to start off making a million dollars. I'm looking to, um, get into, just get into business. Just like, why, start. why, why do you want to just get into a business? Um, cause that's the, that's the hardest part for me, I guess. It's just, I want to dip my toes and understand, um, but I mean, like fundamentally, if that makes sense. What I'm getting to is what is the point of this to start a business? Just to say that I, Hey, I'm Bradley and I have a business card and this is my event business. Um, I want, it's kind of something I want to prove to myself that I can work for myself. So that way, once I've started this, right. Everybody can work for themselves. Everybody can go and register a company tomorrow, go down to Kinko's, print some business cards and say, I'm a CEO, bitch. Right. Everybody can do that. But what not everybody can do is, hear me out, but not what everybody can do is, is build a business that's easy, lucrative and fun that makes them over a million dollars a year in sales receipts. Okay. You're looking at the wrong target. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. I understand. You see what I'm saying here? Yeah. Okay. Do you and your brother have 1500 bucks to rub together? Yes. Get the course. Okay. Uh, I mean, right. if you I both want to be enough. entrepreneurs, yeah. get the course. The best material is in there, man. It's 20 years of my own experience. Guys that I've coached, worked in forums, like everything that I've done, man, it's all there. Um, it's, it's, it's six hours of material right now. And I'm going to keep adding material. And when you're in the course, you get access to any new material that comes in and any zoom calls. If you need to hop on a zoom call 10 months from now, cause you got something new that you want to do. It's there. It's scheduled. Hop in. Okay. Right? Fair. fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just, I feel like right now I'm at a point where I'm trying to course correct, if that makes sense. And so that's why I'm like, I want to get in this Avenue. Here's, and this was, here's know, the problem is, is you're a missile with all this power behind it, but you have mm-hmm. no idea what the target is. A hundred percent. Right. hundred percent. And a missile needs a guidance system and you don't have a guidance system. It's like, I just want to run an event company. It's like, okay, well tell talk to me about an event company that's making a million dollars a year. That's, that's profitable and fun. And I don't know of one. Okay. Well then it might be better for you to go and find one and go work for one of those to see how the insider, you know, sort of stuff works. I think personally, if you don't buy the course, that would be a better use of your time. Mm-hmm. Right to, to to at least get some insider exposure to it, okay. right? Because you have no idea what you're doing right now. Like you're asking questions about paperwork. It's like that should be the last thing on your mind. And I talk about that in a couple of my lectures. You know, at a few different points, is people people focus on the wrong thing. The entire point of a business is to return a profit to the shareholders. Right. That's it. That's mm-hmm. that's what a business needs to do. It needs to return a profit to its shareholders. And you're talking about stuff that has nothing to do with that. It's like, well, I want to set up an LLC. Fuck that. Okay. You know. Well, I'll definitely, I'll definitely sign up for the course. Not, not immediately, but I, I plan to. Um. Well, you have until I, the end of the week, so don't leave it week? too late. Okay. All right, All right I buddy. It. Thanks, man. The young guys, I, I love the enthusiasm, but you know, like I said, it's like you know, it's like a, a missile that's fired off to try to hit a target, and you have no idea what the target is. It's like it's going to hit whatever it hits, and you're going to paint the target around it, sort of thing. That's what most guys do. Uh, let me get to uh, Marcus here. All right, Marcus, what do you got for me, buddy? Uh, hey, Rich. Yeah, thanks for all all your work. Um, I kind of got a personal question. I don't know if I can ask it on this. If you're just doing, it's got to be about business. Got to be about entrepreneurship. Got to be about business. Okay. Well steer it towards business then i i started a, a renovation company um a couple of years ago and it's just kind of you know puttering along it i get a, you know, a bit more business each year but uh 
and I, I don't really like hiring people because uh, I just can't trust guys with their quality, I find. So uh, you do it all yourself. You know, I do it all myself. So yeah. I, you know, I, I try to keep it, keep it that way unless I'm, I'm too busy to, to keep up. But uh, yeah, how I don't long, know. What, how long what, has the business been running that way for? Uh, two, two years. Yeah. So it's, okay. it's just. And how's life for you, man? You loving it? You have a lot of freedom in your schedule. You're making a lot of money. I, it's so I'm making more than I used. I used to do scaffolding and mm. uh, that was, yeah. Uh, I'm making way, probably double what I made with that. What did and you make last more, year? More freedom. Um, what did I make? I made just over a hundred, hundred grand. Yeah. Okay. And where do you live? So, uh, Surrey, Surrey, uh, Vancouver BC? area. Yeah. hundred grand in Surrey doesn't go very far. No. <laughs> So, I mean, I mean, yeah. you can make a hundred grand in the trades working for somebody else and not have to deal with liability issues with a homeowner suing you for renovation that goes sideways. You're not going to have to deal with material issues because they don't show up or they show up, they're broken or they're shit. There's a lot of stuff you don't have to deal with that you can just completely wipe your hands clean of and still make the same money. See, one of the critical mistakes that most entrepreneurs make is like, I'm going to get into business for myself so I can, so I can be my own boss. But all you do is you end up creating a business. You now become an employee of your business and now you've created a, a company to employ yourself. You're, so you're still an employee. You're still exposed to the same, you know, problems, but now you've got bigger issues too. Cause when the government's like, you know, Canada revenue agency comes along and says, Hey, you know, did you file your employer healthcare tax? Do you qualify for that? How much was your payroll last year? We need to get that information from you, sir. Right? Mm -hmm. So the point that I was making earlier is if you're going to run a business, and you've got the same risk exposure and you got the same problems that can you know, potentially come your way, why not aim higher? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, I know. It's like I've been working the trades my whole life and I... And there's nothing you know, wrong I'm, with that, I'm kind of getting too old for it. I it, We it's, need it's guys kinda, like that, right? But, true, but, but yeah. what you said there resonates. When I was a teenager, I was all about cars, man. I worked in an automotive shop. I worked with my hands. I came home with fucking asbestos from doing drum brake jobs and shit, breathing that crap in. I probably rubbed a few years off my life, I'm sure. But here's the thing. I got to the point where I'm like, I'm only 16 and I'm already seeing that this is not a path to freedom and wealth. It's cool. Like I like doing shit with my hands. Like I like fixing things, but how the fuck am I going to buy that Lamborghini Countach? Because that was a car that I was looking at, you know, when I was a kid, right? It's not going to happen. Not in my lifetime. Not, not doing this. No trades job will bring you there, really. I mean, well, even if you have like a trades business, really, it's it's really hard to yeah make enough that. But I mean, like you you've got to scale it up. I mean, if you're going to have a business and you've got to have people working for you, right? For something like yeah. that, you know, when it comes to trades. Yeah, for right? sure. Like you have to have employees, and that's one of the big problems with. Every guy that I talk to in the trades, guy, it doesn't matter if it's masonry, welding, electrical, it's always, I always have the same conversation. I have the hardest time getting employees to do the job and do it right. They don't show up. They show up late. They show up fucking stoned, you know, they, whatever, you know, there's, there's all these reasons why they have these issues with HR and me personally, I don't have to deal with any HR issues because I've structured my business in such a way where I don't need employees, right? So that's, again, one of the reasons why I put that 
course together. It's like, look, guys, these are all the mistakes that I've made. I did what all the trades guys did. I worked with my hands. I breathed in all the asbestos. I did all that shit. And it's like, you know, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? And I realized back then, no. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like there's like, I have a good friend that's an auto mechanic, right? Like I have friends that are in the trades. I have family, you know, that are in the trades, but you're not going to have the kind of freedom that's going to lead to the, like all the guys are like, Hey, Rich, I want to do what you do. Like I see your shit, you know, your shit on social media. You know, I saw the exotic car rally. I heard you were at blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, with so-and-so sort of thing. It's like, yeah, you know, you can do it too, right? You just have to set up your business in such a way that you get to that. But you can't, you know, if you take some shit and some diarrhea and you put it in a blender and you turn it on and blend it up, you end up with a shit shake. And that's basically what most guys ask to do with their businesses. Here's all these crappy ingredients that I put in the blender. Now I want you to pour me a strawberry daiquiri out of that. It's like, it's not possible. You need to put new ingredients in the fucking blender. See what I'm I know. Well, it's kind of like in the trades, you know, guys are just flying by the seat of their pants. Like it, uh, you know, it, a lot of guys in the trades had a rough upbringing or, you know, a, a single parent household mm-hmm. or, you know, drugs in the family, whatever. And it, it just kind of echoes throughout your life into the future. And, and it, a lot of guys in the trades will just work harder and work that sort of, history into the back of their mind and and then but you're still a trades guy at the end of the day and you i don't know it just becomes your identity because you're you grew up poor basically and and you're you're just kind of so let me go back to the joe polish story because i really like his you know it's one of the best examples he was a carpet cleaner right so his job was to go around and see him clean people's carpets some cases he would go to people's apartments hot as fuck, you know, in the summertime, they didn't run their air conditioning. They had nasty, you know, stank ass urine stains and, and, and pet odor. And he's got allergies to it. And that's what he spent his time doing. He's like, fuck this. I'm not making any money. I'm broke as shit. It's affecting my health. I have to find something different. And instead of sitting there going, well, I've always done this. I've always worked with my hands. I've always done, you know, ABCD. He's like, I'm going to train people how to make more money marketing their carpet cleaning business. And then that was the first pivot. And then he realized, well, damn, I'm actually very good at marketing. And then he set up Piranha Marketing, which is, I think, what he does right now still. And he runs large groups with successful entrepreneurs. Like he char- like he, he has two tiers. Like last time I, I checked, is he went from carpet cleaning to teaching carpet cleaners how to market to teaching business owners how to market. And he charges $25,000 for an annual membership for his basic tier. And he charges $100,000 for his premium tier to each member to be a part of his group. Right. So saying that while I'm a trades guy, I'm always going to be a trades guy. I'm always going to do those things. It doesn't matter what you say. Whatever you believe is true. Yeah. 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 I hear that. And that's a good word to pivot. Like you have to kind of take a bit of what you know and pivot. Well, what's the definition of insanity? You want to be. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Do you know what it is? Well, doing the same thing over and over, over, and over again, expecting a different result. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's that's yeah. the definition of insanity, right? I don't know. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. All right, Marcus. All right. Thanks, man. All right, buddy.
Okay, let's see what else we got here. Um, let's see here. Uh, I took the class and highly recommend it. Can't say enough good things about it. Appreciate that, JRR. Yeah, the link is in the description and pinned in the top live chat. It is open for enrollment now. Uh, Rat B, yeah, I don't know how to read these things. Uh, I have your book, sir. It made me laugh and cry in journey. You're definitely a father, uh, definitely a father guys never had. I really ad admired when you mentioned the story of conservative Christian houseworld girl. I related with it. Just had a laugh at it. Yeah. If you haven't read my book, the unplugged alphas on Amazon, check it out. It's a true story, man. It's, um, you know, it's from a guy that I was, uh, you know, consulting with, uh, Armin says, I'm well aware of the BS that comes with it. Thanks for the insight. Anytime, brother, anytime. Uh, I think that's all of them got caught up. So let's go back here to the call-ins. We'll take, uh, Alex is in the house over here and see what Alex has for us. How you doing, Alex? Good, Rich. How you doing? Good, buddy. Hey, just a quick question about, uh, I've heard you say something in the past about make your wounds your work. Yeah. Uh, would you, how would you factor that into a business or an elf business? That's a good question. Um, well, we can use my YouTube channel as a good example. You know, I started it out as entrepreneurs in cars, wanted to interview my friends in their success rides. We're out of friends with cool cars pretty quick. So I started talking about how I would use lawyers in my business, how I would use parties to hire people, a lot of these ideas. And then one day somebody said to me, you should do a video on the kind of women not to date. I'm like, well, that's a wound in my life. Okay. So I made that video. Now, all of a sudden, when I started talking about something that was real and authentic and was painful you know, to me from stupid shit that I had done in the past, for some reason that resonated with people. And normally when I would upload and publish, it would either be crickets or a hundred views, maybe a thousand views was big. That video got me a hundred thousand views within a few weeks. Yeah. Right. It's like, and then I realized, huh, if you make your wounds, your work, you can probably turn it into something. So that's just one example. Right. right. Um, buddy of mine, Brad, uh, sold his toy company and wanted to get involved with um, more green projects, you know, like it was a wound for him sort of thing. So he invested in and started up a business that does uh, biodegradable phone cases, you know, sort of thing. Okay. Not like, you know, something in his past hurt him or a girl or a relationship or a divorce or something like that. A lot of stuff, you know, guys turn to when they end up coming to, you know, like some of the videos that have been on my channel in the past sort of thing. But it's just like, I don't know, figure out where the intersection of something that you're passionate about. Like if you take three circles, it's like something you're passionate about, something you're good at, and then overlaps on the bottom as well is something yeah. that makes money. Okay. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So that makes more sense. when those three things intersect, passion, good at, and make money, and they intersect in the middle, that's where the gold is, right? Yeah. And yeah. for some people, they can manufacture it. They can plan it. They can set it up and they can knock it out of the park, you know, within six months. For me, I kind of fell into it, you know, like the wounds and work thing sort of stuff. It's just like I ran out of friends with cool cars to interviews and it was really hard to edit those videos. And there was not enough reach and views and income, you know, at any point whatsoever where it actually made sense to keep doing it. So it's like I like doing the videos and I want to talk about stuff. And I thought that... um the feedback that I was getting was good enough that I should keep doing it. But it's like, you really get, get like that frying pan to the forehead moment when you upload a video and it's like, everything else is like a hundred views or a thousand views. And this yeah, one is a yeah. hundred thousand views. And you're like, 
wow, okay, I can talk about more of that because I've done some stupid shit in my life. So I'll share some of those stories. And then people started wanting to talk to me and booking me for consults. Okay, well, I can charge them for that time because I'm an expert, right? Yeah. So, you know, just kind of like build off it sort of thing. Okay. There's, there's, there's a good hour and a bit, probably an hour and a half of material in the lectures that talks about how to build on YouTube. Like I, I cover many different examples in there. Like it doesn't have to be anything remotely close to what I was talking about. I was talking to one of the guys earlier today about doing vlogging videos on his motorcycle. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay, cool. Thanks a lot, man. That really helps. Appreciate yeah, that. No problem. All right, have- um, let's grab uh, William here. What do we got here? About another 15 minutes. Hey, buddy. Can you hear me okay? You're freezing up. So I'm going to assume that you can't hear me. Okay. Uh, I think this is Greg, if I'm not mistaken. Can you hear me, bud? I got a little weird thing on my screen, and it's not giving me an audio indicator. Hola. Hola. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? How you doing, bud? I got you. Hey there. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. What do you got for me tonight? Hello? Yeah, I'm getting spinnies. All right, I'll remove then. Let's try Moon Man. Moon Man, what do you got for me, buddy? You're muted. Hey, Rich, can you hear me? Yeah. Fire away. Hey, um, I'm just curious. Um, if you feel like um, I feel like I'm stuck at a like a like I've hit a ceiling at my job, mm-hmm. and and I know I want to do something different. And I even heard from people that do what I do for a living. Like the cap is about like for contractors, the cap is about maybe 200 or 250 K a year. Okay. So if I, w- if I want to go beyond that and maybe start an elf business, but like, I don't have an idea or a problem to solve yet. Do you think it'd be too premature to take your course right now? Or maybe sure, should I figure out? No, it's a mindset course, man. The, the, the course doesn't tell you step-by-step what to do. In fact, I probably spend more time on what not to do. Mm-hmm. Don't run these kinds of businesses. Don't, don't get involved in these, these legal matters. Don't set up a business that looks like this sort of thing. It's a mindset course that, that, you know, like the same way that I change your mindset when it comes to dealing with women. Like if I take the 20 red flag chapter, you know, as an example, because that's, you know, it's a free chapter you can get by getting on my email list. Right. Um, you know, I tell you guys to stay away from women that are going to bring complexity and chaos into your life and you will have a better life, a easy, lucrative and fun life. You know, if you will, it's the same thing with the course. It's like, look, if you want to start a business or you're running a business, I guarantee you'll get something out of it, even if you don't have a business that you know you want to start right now, or or you don't have an idea of what kind of business that you want to run. There's a couple of modules in the course, by the way, that that, that talk about how to generate business ideas, right? Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's useful. And like I said earlier, if you don't have anything going on right now, or or the time, or something to start it immediately, if you got something in ten months' time, you're still in the course. You still have access to the course material. You can hop in on the Zoom calls and ask a question. Um, you know when I host those. So it's, hey, look, man, it's open for enrollment now. The price is going to keep going up every quarter that I open it up again because there's new material added. So if you want to get in now, get locked in at the price today and get all the access today. Nice. That sounds good. Um, just one quick question. Do you, I've heard you talk about this in the past and you talked about it with the first caller, Bradley, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you go over anything about like 
people who may be OCD who have trouble focusing on one thing at a, at a time. It's kind of like monkey mind kind of situation. So that's, look, that's the story of every entrepreneur, right? Yeah. They're manic. They, uh, you know, they get distracted easily. They got ADD. It's, it's a CEO's disease and yeah. it's actually a superpower, believe it or not. People that have, um, ADD or OCD, you know, as you like to call it, it's more than likely a bit of an attention issue. When you learn to focus the attention, when you're doing something that you're good at, that you like, that can now make money, all of a sudden, you know, you, you channel it all into one thing that you can now amplify to turn into something that's real. You want to turn that energy and that idea into a, a supercar, go at it, right? Yeah, man, that sounds good. I think I'm going to have to sign up then. All right, buddy. Link's there. Thanks. All right, all right. Um, let's see here. Greg, uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts and express my opinion on the importance of CRM systems for sales-related industries. StreamYard is acting up somewhere important of keeping track. Yeah. Um, so CRM is basically tracking your used for tracking your sales leads for those of the, you that don't know. I think Salesforce is probably still like the go-to benchmark in the industry. Um, we had a CRM system. We still have a CRM system in my debt business that my brother runs. Um, but I set that up and I had it customized. So if you're generating leads, you're going to need some kind of a system for your sales team to filter through and turn your prospects into paying customers. Um, they're very powerful tools. You have to incorporate scheduling components into it like to give you this one golden nugget greg like the thing that made the biggest difference when it came to our crm had very little to do with an integration or a plug-in or a zapier or something like that into the sale into the crm system it it boiled down to getting my leads to take a step to book a call and nobody had really done this before i started doing it where it's like they would fill out the lead capture form. They get to a thank you page. Then I had a video that explained um, how everything worked and how to get started. And then it prompted them to now schedule a call with a uh, sales rep through a Calendly link. And then they would get a text notification and an email notification reminding them. And more often than not, they would, they would be then and there ready for the call. Um, that to me is far more useful than CRM integrations and Zapiers and all this other bullshit, email marketing and stuff like that. Um, getting them to get on a, a phone call and go through the consult process so you can turn somebody that's interested into somebody that's interested to somebody that becomes a customer, if that makes sense. Um, let's see here. We got, uh, let's hit Isaac. We got Isaac. What's up, Isaac? Hey, um, Thanks for uh, your content. It's been uh, pretty life changing for me. I uh, read your book, started listening to your material in December, um, did a bunch of work, lost a bunch of weight. Um, but I'm talking about, I want to talk about pivoting and mm -hmm. I've been in manufacturing for a while and um, I'm actually moving um, in a couple of weeks to a new job, but I'm, I'm thinking about pivoting into um, more of sales, like maybe automobile sales, um, to, um, are you an employee right now? I'm an employee. Okay. I'm a, 
So this is a career question. then. Yeah. I mean, um, sales as a, a way to uh, just make more money initially. And then um, a friend of mine recommended the book sell or be sold. Um, and I was listening to the audio book and mm -hmm. it talked about sales as a, just every aspect of your life being kind of rooted in selling yourself or selling what you're doing or um, so that really, uh, that really, um, kind of struck a chord with me. Okay. So uh, what's the ask here for me, bud? I guess, um, oh, your, your course. Um, I'm not able to sign up this time. Uh, is it going to open up and yeah, it'll open more? up again in the future? There'll be another quarter that it opens up again, but the price will go up too. Cause there'll be more material added to the course as we get to it. Okay. I guess that was my main um question by the way if you want some good sales material jack daly is pretty much the benchmark i don't know if he's still doing it but back in the day when i was running my sales team and i was doing a lot of sales sales training um he's probably the best guy to get information from it also the other thing to add to that too is you're never going to get rich being a car salesman now maybe if you're selling exotic cars or rolls royce or bugattis or koenigseggs or something like that now you're talking so if you're going to sell, sell on the high end, sell private jets, sell $20 million, you know, pieces of real estate, sell expensive cars because your commission is a percentage of the item. You'll make more money. So sell premium items. What was his name again? Jack Daly. All right. Thank you. All right, buddy. Take care. Uh, what do we got here? Let's do one more real quick. Let's do Troy. Troy, what's up, buddy? Hey, Rich. So... I'm 24. I've been in an LTR for like three years. Is this a girl question or is this now. a business question? Yeah, it's going to be a question. I just wanted to give a little background so you okay. have some. Uh, and I've been working on myself for a while, like mm. reading books. And I've been like in a, in a JLB for a while. But I'm really like struggling to find where to put my effort. Like I feel like I'm just in, like absorbing a bunch of information but I'm not really going anywhere. How old are you again, Troy? 24. Okay. And sorry, you mentioned the LTR. How long have you been with this chick? Uh, three years. And you're not leveling up? As in, in what way? Making more money, making more muscles, being more influential. Um, developing yeah, I, a better I mean, network. I go to the gym. I'm working on getting a fight. And I mean, I, I've been going to the gym for like six, seven, eight years. So, okay. okay. So what's the um, ask here? My, I'm really focusing financial. Cause I was in the mindset of like, you don't, you don't need money to be happy. Like just, like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like the only people I, that I, say I, that is poor people. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm surrounded with. I live in Maine. So like, there's not yeah. really a lot of people that are rich or anything like that. Okay. Okay. Well, it, m moving like geolocating might be something to consider if you're you know if you're surrounded by turkeys like you can't soar like an eagle if you surround yourself with turkeys so that's one of the problems that you have right i mean you're going to become the average of the five people you surround yourself with you surround yourself with five broke dumb losers that sit around doing nothing with your with their life then you're going to be the sixth there's no question about it so i would take a look around at your circle of influence and ask yourself are these guys smarter than me Right. Because if yeah. you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Right. So 
take a look at your circle of influence is probably a good place to start. I mean, if you want to make money, if you want to have influence, if you want to be powerful, if you want to have a good life, if you want to have flexibility and maneuverability, you're going to have to let people go, man. Yeah, that's like one of the biggest lessons I've learned recently. One of my friends passed and like I've been guilt tripped by a bunch of people and like not showing up because I'm out doing my training or crabs in the bucket. Screw them. Who cares? They yeah, always want I'm... to pull you back down into the bottom of the bucket. Misery loves company. Those people are losers. Cut them loose. Anchors and sales. You've heard me talk about anchors and sales before, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You want sales in your life, man. You want to catch okay. the wind. Then... You want to go to the next port of call. You're not going to do that if you got anchors pulling you back that are trying to shame you for doing things to improve your life. Facts. Thank you, Rich. Okay. Start there, buddy. All right. Um, Moff, you're going to do a stereo show? Uh, just drop your link in the chat. I'll throw up on the screen for you guys. Again, um, I hope this cast was useful. Um, if you enjoyed it, do me a solid. Hit the like button for the algorithms. Leave a comment below. The course is open for enrollment right now. Uh, get your ass in it. If you want to learn the mindset that the most successful entrepreneurs use running their businesses, it's all there. I went through all the material. Shouldn't have to explain it. Uh, course closes when we hit the enrollment cap or uh, Saturday, whichever comes first. Uh, go check out Moff's show. He's going to be on stereo. He likes to chop it up. He's uh, he's a pretty raw dude. He's one of my boys. So uh, yeah, we'll see you guys uh, very soon in the next show. I'll probably do um, another cast later on this week to sort of recap a few things. I got other, a bunch of great videos coming out on the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel. So make sure you're subbed to everything. We'll see you guys soon. Peace out.